Welcome, welcome, and welcome back to the Level 5 Podcast with your host, Jay Samuel. And it's been... Well, I'm back. Let's just say that. It's good to be back. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed last episode, episode 4, The Return. Uh, As you know, in episode 4, I was a little upset about everything that was going on. You know, uh, the Deshaun Watson trade, all of that. Uh, or the trade request. So I had a week to uh, come back and just, you know, settle down and such like that. And and to be perfectly honest with you, I really wasn't as upset as possibly the hurt in my voice would show because I kind of knew and kind of expected it to happen. But with things that have kind of gone on about over the week about the whole situation, it kind of made me think like, well, like, this team sucks, and they deserve what's going to happen because of what they've done. But I'm kind of back to Earth because I was tilted off the planet. I was literally looking at the sun with how much I was stressed with this this Texans team. Uh, But, again, today, welcome to the episode of the Level 5 Podcast for episode number 5. Whew. It took too long to get to this episode, but yeah, so today's show, what we're going to be talking about is we're going to talk about the the trade scenarios for Deshaun Watson and pretty much how people are undervaluing him and need to be looking to overvalue him in a sense. Um, We did get news that NCAA, although they're going to be, I think they're going to be called college football, will be returning. So I want to talk about that and what we need to expect from EA and what we can, what we should hope for EA to do. Um, And then lastly, or then we're going to cap off the episode with a uh, prediction for the Super Bowl. Although some people, it's probably an easy prediction or might not be as easy as we think, but it should be an interesting one. So without further ado, let's go ahead and start the show. Okay, well, first off, the Deshaun Watson scenario. So this whole week, or most of this this week and a few days in the last week, I've been seeing a whole bunch of people speculate on the idea of what Deshaun Watson's value is to to give a little context into the situation of why people are scrambling to believe what his his uh value is. I forget which day it was, but sometime I believe last week, the Detroit Lions and the uh, Los Angeles Rams made a blockbuster trade that included the uh that included Matthew Stafford being shipped. To law to the Rams for Jared Goff and I believe two first round picks. I think it was some uh, round three pick exchanges and such like that. But that was pretty much how it goes. And uh, it kind of got a little. It kind of got everybody in the like, oh wow, like Matthew Stafford demanded that much and such like that. And while I'll say. Yeah, I, my my answer to that would be yes and no. Is Matthew Stafford a great quarterback? Yes. Did he deserve two first round picks? 
eh, no. But as we've kind of seen in a couple of these scenarios that I believe some people value the first round pick more than others. And Matthew Stafford getting two first round picks, I think isn't like it doesn't describe Matthew Stafford. But I think that extra first round pick was mostly for them to take Jared Goff because Jared Goff is on this this huge contract. And I still think he has a couple of years, like maybe two or three years, maybe more on that contract. He's making this big time money. Um, so I, I believe this was kind of like a, like the, how the Texans had to do, uh, the Brock Osweiler situation. It was the first time or one of the first times we've ever seen a salary dump in, in, uh, the NFL. So I think this is kind of what that is, a salary dump. Like rumors came out that there were more people trying to make better trades and such like that. And, uh, trying to make these better trades and such like that. And it, it was interesting that Detroit took that pick. I think what, what did it for them was that one, they would get Jared Goff, who's while he's not a, a top tier quarterback, he's not a low tier quarterback. He's somewhere around that mid tier. Like, is he top 10? No. Is he top 15? Maybe top 20. Absolutely. Uh, but he can win you games just as much as he can lose you games. So I, I, I think that trade works out for both teams. Like Los Angeles has showed that they don't really care about the first round picks. It's like like the saying goes, the first round well, the first round is where you find star where you first and second round are where you want to find stars in, in hidden gems. The third the third and downward is where you build a team. And I think that's the approach that Los Angeles was gonna take. So how does this impact Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans? Well, the thing is, if you're going to give two picks for Matthew Stafford, because some people aren't going to see this as like a salary dump situation. If you're going to trade two picks for Matthew Stafford, who I believe is 33, and apparently he's only made one Pro Bowl. I didn't even know that. That was a stat that kind of blew, blew my mind. But I mean... When you're in a loaded NFC, I can kind of understand. But but here's the thing. If you're going to look at Deshaun Watson, like if you're going to say, oh, Matthew Stafford deserved to be shipped out for two first-round picks. Eh. So if that's the case, you have to understand that the value of a 20... And here's, here's what kind of grinds my gears or what kind of like upsets me when I hear about this. Matthew Deshaun Watson is a 25 year old quarterback who just came off the best season of his career. And without the best defense in the, without a good defense, their defense was horrendous. They, without his number one right wide receiver in Deandre Hopkins, without his, like for half the season, I believe, I forget when he went out, but where they gave him that that ban. But he did it. He continued to do it without his second best receiver. Uh, he did it without a run game and a a below average old line. To to say that Deshaun wants like I I will I emphasize this. 
Had the Texans got to at least 500 or above, Deshaun Watson is the is the de facto and like runaway MVP of this season. To strip him of everything that he had going for him, a reliable target, a speed uh, like a speedster wide receiver, uh, a speedster wide receiver, a running game that was actually successful last year, and then just throw him out there with what he had. It just goes to show you that he was he he was up to the challenge and he definitely succeeded. Like, and then to talk about it, they were only down like the games that they like. There were eight games where he lost, where the team lost uh, by less than eight points or eight or less points. So those aren't garbage time stats. Those are literally Deshaun Watson willing his team to win with a terrible defense that was banged up in the secondary, had had a corner get with no preseason, have to be thrown into safety and learn on the fly with a a regressing uh pass rush and just and like hits all over that defense injury wise. With these injuries helped, who knows? But you 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 have to understand like what he was given was not like there's not many quarterbacks who can make that succeed. But for him to come out and put up these stats and put up those like and do what he was able to do and have this career year just goes to show you how high people should be on him and how much his value is. So when I go on Twitter and uh, and I see these hypothetical trades where people are saying, oh, just throw in a first round pick like. For example, let's just throw the 49ers out there. Throw him a first round pick, a second round pick, and Jimmy Garoppolo. And then I think they take that trade. You are severely, severely underrating the value that Deshaun Watson has right now. Not to mention, I said all of that stuff about his stats. He's on a he's on a, I believe, a five-year extension. He's 25 years old right now. So that means you will get him at the age of 30. And then you can start working on your next quarterback because you know how the NFL is. So, and he's a top three quarterback. That's the thing. Like, if you ask me before the season, I'd say he's top five for sure. I had him slotted at number four because I didn't think there were quarterback. I think the top three at that time were Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Argue who you want to put first, second, or third. And then I had Deshaun Watson. This time, the only two quarterbacks that are better than him, and you can argue that, like, it'd be a crazy argument, but you can argue that he might have been better this year than Aaron Rodgers was. So I would say there's possibly one or two player quarterbacks better than Deshaun Watson, and that's Patrick Mahomes, who might be in a, who might be in like I won't say in a tier of his own, but he might be in a tier of his own. Uh, and then Aaron Rodgers, but again, you can make that argument. There, you have to like to say that he can he can be shipped out for one draft pick just doesn't make sense to me. And then it can it comes out uh, that the Texans want two first rounders, two second rounders, and two good defense two good young defensive players 
in my in my opinion, I think that's just to start the conversation. I don't think that's even that's just to get them on the phone. I think that what they want is much, much higher. Because if you ask me, I'm not I'm not trading him for less than three. Like three is I'd say three first round picks is just to get me on the phone. Three first round picks is just to get me on the phone. Four would have to is to where we actually can have a discussion. And then you would have to throw in one of your best players to make it work. You're giving like the Texans are are giving up a first like a generational talent at quarterback. There is absolutely no way. And I say this now before the Texans make up. So I'm going to you're going to come back to this episode and and I'm going to be completely wrong. But there is no way that the Texans should entertain any offer that starts that that tries to start and end with it with two first round picks. If you're not giving up three to four, like three in your best player or four in a in a stopgap player. I'm not listening to that to that uh to that trade. People are very much undermining what Deshaun Watson's uh value are value is. And so again, like I was initially about to say, so I was going on Twitter and PFF were placing these hypothetical trades of what like would you take this trade and uh would you take this trade or or who would win this trade? And it had it, the ones that I saw were the tech were the Texans in Washington, uh, Texans and 49ers and Texas Texans and the Raiders. And the for the, the one that interested me that I said I take in a heartbeat, I believe it was Deshaun Watson for three, I think three or four first round picks from the Washington and Chase Young. And I was like, yeah, I take that in a heartbeat. In the heartbeat. And I, I saw a lot of comments talking about like, what? That that doesn't make sense. You're not gonna throw Chase Young into any trade as as much as three first round picks. And it made me think. Now I don't watch many Washington football games, but I know that they had a very improving defense, right? Chase Young was a key component of that. Him and Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, uh, and Jonathan Allen, they helped with that. They won seven. Their record, if I'm correct, was seven and nine, right? In a very weak NFC, uh, in a very weak NFC East division. That made me think, like, okay, so you went seven and nine with Alex Smith, Dwayne Haskins, and Kyle Allen, one who's working, who is playing on a surgically repaired leg, one who is cut and on a whole nother team, and another one who broke his leg or at least uh, had some or had a season-ending injury, and you you say you won seven and nine games, which is impressive for that team, but. Are you telling me that you wouldn't trade in in a very bad NFC East team, NFC East division? You wouldn't trade a generational quarterback for a 
player who has the chance to be generational, have a generational impact. And I'm not saying Chase Young won't be great. I think he's going to be phenomenal. But if you can get a Deshaun Watson, somebody who can lead your team and will have you winning that division for for like years to come, you have to take that trade. Is three first round picks? I believe it was three first round picks. Is that a lot? To maybe, but you don't see this very often. You don't see uh, somebody who can who's game changing in the way that he is come in like this or be put on the trade block. Even though he's probably not even on the trade block, but you don't see a player like this uh, happen. And when this happens, you have to come up to bat and you have to take your swing. You have to do what you have to do. And I'm not saying that Chase Young won't be phenomenal and such like that. But and he might be absolutely like just down the line. He might be we might be talking about him like he's the next J.J. Watt or the next Aaron Donald. That's how high his ceiling could possibly be. But. You could possibly find somebody who can fit his role or bring a little like who can fit his role a little bit better and move forward with that uh with a franchise quarterback and still a solid defense that can win you games. So I, I thought that was a that was an appropriate trade. That is what you would have to give up for for Watson. Another trade that we saw was um I believe it was two first round picks and I might be wrong. I I should have checked, but it was Deshaun Watson to the 49ers for Nick Bosa and I believe two first round picks. Now, I don't really like this one because I know what this trade kind of this trade would be bad for the Texans, mostly because Nick Bosa just came off an ACL injury. Will he have that same burst? Will he have that same explosiveness that he has off the edge? Who knows? Is he a game-changing defensive end? Yes. But I think that is I think that is one of those trades where it it's undervaluing what your what the Texans would be giving up. Yes, I believe Nick Bosa is really good, but I don't believe that he is worth like he makes up for for an extra well, maybe, but I, I still think you would have to throw in an, another pick just in case. Because again, like this is this is also the defense that lost pretty much half its starters and put up wonderful numbers. Like weren't they like number five? Like they were they were still one of the top defenses. That goes to show you how good Robert Sala's scheme was and how he was at changing things up. But for them to lose most of their key starters and throw in people who throw in different people and still be able to get things done just goes to show you that as long like that they could still compete with with a better quarterback. Um and then the last trade was Two two first from the Raiders, Derek Carr and Darren Waller for Deshaun Watson. I'm just gonna say this right now. No one wins that 
that what you call it. No one wins that. Uh, no one wins that trade. You'd be sending Deshaun Watson to a team that where he has to play Patrick Mahomes twice every year. Although he Watson would probably prefer the challenge, but you would have to send him to face uh, Patrick Mahomes every year. You're going to be playing for another bad defense that still has. You're going to be playing for another bad defense that still needs a lot of work. And then, will his weapons be good? Yeah, you still have Henry Ruggs, who has game-breaking speed, but there's also Will Fuller, who has game-breaking speed. You can argue who's better, and then you have Brandon Cooks and Nelson Aguilar, who you can say who's better, but I'll just say this. Brandon Cooks has put up consecutive 1,000-yard seasons, and people still look at him as like as like a a very... I wouldn't even say mid tier. Like he's not even talked about in in top ten. But he's his 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 um his stats show that he has been consistent and he hasn't missed many games. So that that's the situation. You'd be taking away Darren Waller, who's possibly and arguably their best their best receiving threat for the Raiders. So like what you'd be kind of switching the situation around uh you'd be kind of throwing the situation around or you'd be kind of throwing Watson back into the same situation so I I I don't think that would work and then Derek Carr behind this Texans uh O-line and such like that and and with the weapons that we kind of have right now and how injury prone he was it just wouldn't work out at that point you might as well just let let the Texans get a top pick and just draft their quarterback. So this still leads me to believe that the Texans, the best, the best team that, that the Texans can send Watson to, that they would get an equal amount of value. They would get a good amount of value for, would have enough to build around for the next few years and would give you a good defensive player and would possibly give you a good defensive player and a quarterback is probably Miami. I think they would give up their two picks this year, a pick next year, Tua, and although I am I don't believe they would do this, but I would try to at least see if we can poach or get Xavier Howard. From that team. If you can come out with Tua. Three first round picks. And Xavier Howard. And maybe throw in. A second round pick for next year. And like some of your picks for next year. And they offer you that. Oh I'm taking that trade. Like I'm taking that. I'm taking that trade. Like that. At the snap of a finger. I'm taking that trade. But yeah. um, Again. I think people are very. Like, I, I see a lot of people argue that he only won four games. Well, last time I checked, uh, <laughs> Deshaun Watson doesn't play safety or play cornerback, defensive end, inside linebacker, outside linebacker. He doesn't play a defensive position. He plays quarterback. And if this doesn't go to show you that the quarterback position isn't, uh, that 
that wins aren't a quarterback. Like, I, I have to say this. Wins aren't a quarterback stat. You can have a fantastic quarterback, but if you don't have the team for that quarterback, you aren't going to produce results. So wins are more of a team. Wins are a team stat, not a quarterback stat. People have to kind of separate that. Like, can a can a quarterback uh can a quarterback be bad and still get you wins? Yeah. No offense to Blake Bortles, but Blake Bortles was awful. Everybody, that was a consensus on Blake Bortles. He was not good, but he did lead that Jacksonville team to a, uh, he did lead that Jacksonville team to, uh, to like what the AFC championship game. That's, that's amazing. Was he, was he great? No, but he had a good defense, good receivers. He had a good team around him. Deshaun is a great quarterback, an elite quarterback. He didn't have a good team around him. So again, separate the idea that quarterback that that wins are a quarterback stat. Understand that you there is a 25-year-old on a five-year extension, elite top three quarterback on the market. I don't care what you think is, is too much, it might not be enough. And that's all I have to say about that situation. So, the next thing. uh, We had some good news come out yesterday. We had some good news come out yesterday. That the NCAA franchise will be returning. EA will be bringing back the NCAA franchise. Or the NCAA gaming franchise. Although they probably won't be calling it NCAA, they're going to most likely call it college football. And they said that I, I think uh, in the in the in a group message, they, they talked about like how we probably won't be getting that game until like 2023. And I'm OK with that. I'm OK with that. Take your time to develop the game. And it's been since what NCAA 14 that we finally got another NCAA game. But here's the thing. And I want to go about this situation a lot more. Because I know a lot of people see the level 5 uh, name. And probably think, oh, he's talking about games and such like that. Well, no, I don't. But I do kind of want to get into that. Like sports games and such like that. And I think in another episode, we're going to talk about that. Like, cause I've always wanted to talk about like the problem that uh, the problem I think that 2K and a lot of these other sports games face. Why, like, you buy them every year, but you get sorely disappointed every year. That's just how I feel. So here's the thing about NCAA and what we should, what we need to expect, and what we what we need to expect, and hopefully what we won't well. What we need to expect for it, from it. So, if you're if you're EA, uh, if you played an EA sports game before, you know, such as Madden, you know, EA has always been EA has always been a gaming franchise who has constantly been stagnant in their approach to certain games, and you've noticed that from Madden. I've played 
I've bought like the last couple of Maddens every year. And while I'll say gameplay wise, they have become a lot more fun. Like the animations have become better. Like the the way that the game is played has become stiffer, but better. And uh, it, it feels a little bit more polished each and every year. The biggest problem with EA that they have is that EA, EA doesn't like to change things up. They don't like to change things up at all. Matt, the Madden franchise, it took literally a hashtag on Twitter and peep and like it to go trending for them to realize that, hey, people don't like the franchise mode that we've been putting out year after year. Well, duh, you haven't done anything to change it up since what? Madden 25. Like it's been the same thing each and every year and we want to change. And for those who don't play Madden franchise, you're probably like, well, why does this matter? Well, here's the thing. Outside of the head-to-head, the head-to-head uh, game mode, like where you just go online and play people, that gets repetitive every now and again. You want more things to do around your sports game. Then you have Madden Ultimate Team. I'm not playing Madden Ultimate Team. And again, I might be throwing myself out there, but I'm I'm not going to be the guy who plays a Madden Ultimate Team, mostly because it feels like it's one of those games where you most likely have to pay because it's a, a game mode where where it it incentivizes putting money forward for essentially what is almost like I won't say a card game or a gotcha, but it's essentially like it's essentially is a probably a gotcha. Like you're spending all of this money to uh you're spending all of this money to build this team or you're spending some money to build this team just to face people online and have this this ultimate team with like Steve Young at quarterback, Le'Veon Bell in his prime at running back. DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver next to Calvin Johnson and such like that. Like, for some people, that's fun. But on the outside looking in, I, I'm just, I don't see that. I'm not going to spend money just to, to do that. And that just may be me. But to talk about the franchise mode a little bit more, that's going to be one of the biggest modes that is going to be implemented in uh in the next NCAA college football game. Like, most people I know play are going to play the dynasty mode. If I think that's, it's been so long, I think that's what it's called, is the dynasty mode. Like, I'm going to, because I know I'm going to play it. That was one of the, the, that was one of the most exciting things to play about the NCAA franchise game. Being able to recruit, uh, recruit players, see what it's kind of like, in a in that that managerial role of a of a college team and such like that that's what was fun about the game like doing all of this stuff making sure you get the best recruits taking a a terrible team and making them like uh conference or not conference champions, but national champions and such like that beating Alabama beating Clemson Georgia all of these these well these powerhouse teams that was what's fun and then still people have the uh i forget what it was called like 
uh, I forget what it's called. Man, it's been so long since I've played an NCAA game. But, you know, like the little franchise mode where you you take a college player, you start in high school, and then you go throughout your college career, and then you lead it into, uh, into and then you can probably import them into, like, the franchise mode. Well, the the thing is, it worries me that Madden is going to, it worries me that Madden is going to take that franchise, like, take the stack, like, the, the stagnant uh, improvements of how they did franchise mode and how they, well, not stagnant improvements, but how they didn't do anything. They just kind of left it there for that. And they just kind of just, they're just going to like, okay, we made this mode, play it. We're not going to touch it for the next two or three years. And it's, it's a little bit telling that maybe I'm thinking ahead, but that's just how Madden has kind of, has kind of gotten to me. Like they, they've kind of put out the same game and this is what we always kill 2k for. They kind of put out the same game with, with little bit of like tinkering in there that really kind of don't impact the game all too well they'll throw in a couple of animations a little celebrations and such like that but you're not really fixing the game you're more so uh you're more so just like okay they complained about this just go ahead and try to make it better don't even like you know just throw this in there and such like that they're not really doing much and it worries me that because like it worries me that after such a long hiatus they're going to forget what made the game good the the fact that it showed back then that EA cared to make a really good game the last past few Madden's it has not felt like EA has cared it felt like they were just trying to meet like reach a deadline put out a game and then uh reach out like uh they were trying to like reach a deadline, put out a game, and then start thinking about what they're going to do for the next game. And again, I may be completely wrong. Madden might, Madden might be, uh, might have like some of the most passionate game developers ever in their uh, working on, or passionate developers working on uh, their game. But with the product they put out, it just does not seem like it. Uh, so here, that that's just my thing. I, I worry that after a long time of not making this game, that they're going to forget what made it fun. I'm, what I'm really interested in seeing is, are they going to put some passion into the game? Because you have, if, if it's true that this game probably won't come out for another two years, you have time. And this goes to show that with this much time, expectations are going to be ins- absurdly and insanely high because you have to get this game right. And this this kind of leads into to the next Madden game, but I am very interested to see how they take the criticism of what happened for Madden 20 and involve it in Madden 21 because I believe in Madden 21 they're supposed to change like some of the franchise modes and such like that. Like... It's going to be increasingly telling if they're going to listen to fans and say, okay, we're going to do a, a complete overhaul on this whole entire thing. 
Like, we're going to do a complete overhaul. And while it seems like I'm bashing, uh, while it seems like I'm bashing, uh, like, EA and Madden and such like that, I have to give them their props. They do do a good job in implementing, like, certain things that are intriguing for a player to, that says, like, okay, I might want to buy this, this game. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, the, uh, like, the little street, I forget what it's called, uh, it's like the street football thing where you kind of like have your own creative character. You take them into a, what was it? A six on six, uh, a six on six, uh, uh, head to head against other online players. And it seemed like it was going to be fun. Like it seemed like that had a lot of potential to be really good, but since it's come out, I haven't seen many people talk about it. Like, I I just I haven't seen much hype around it. And then they added like like how two K has like the the badges and the uh like like the badge skills and such like that. They they kind of added that the X Factor situation for uh Madden, which I think was one of the best ideas that they've had. I absolutely adore the the X Factor system. It it separates good players, like overwhelmingly great players, from just like everybody else and good players. It shows that like, hey, if you have a star on your team, you're going to know. Instead of just having Derrick Henry, who's this, who's in in real life, is this physical specimen, pause, uh, this this physical guy who can pretty much, you know like destroy every like can rush for like 200 yards back to back in games on like 15 carries because nobody can can take him out and such like that and uh or take him down and such like that and then you have guys like Patrick Mahomes who has possibly the greatest arm that we've seen in the NFL and who knows how long from a guy who's you know it, that that separates him from a guy who, you know, like who has a a decent arm and a decent stats or whatever. It it, it shows basically what I'm trying to say is it separates the great from the good from the okay from the bad, and that's what Madden always need. Kind of like how 2K is. And I know I'm comparing 2K. One of these days, I'm going to get into 2K because I have a lot to say about 2K and how that game is run. But all in all, it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to take this franchise mode. I I worry because I, I've known EA from having to play their games the past few years. It worries me that I feel like they're going to... Hopefully, they don't skip any steps and terms of making the game i hope that they they provide the game with care it's going to be interesting to see and i'm pretty sure they're going to get new developers to uh a new staff and new development team who actually care about the game and make it work but it's going to be high expectations like people know that this game is going to be very important for the future like we're going to it's going to be insanely important for how the future of 
college football is because this is something that everybody wanted, wanted to come back. So, again, not too much pressure, but there is definitely pressure for them to hit this. And does it have to? Let me say this: it doesn't have to be a, it doesn't have to be a home run. But you have to come up to. I know I said this early. You have to come out to bat, and you have to swing for the fences. You have to make sure that this is is a game that you are proud of and that you can absolutely say we worked hard and we put everything we had into this game to make it like the older games but with a combination of everything that has made this like the game's good from this point on so again I don't want them it doesn't have to be a home run for them to be successful but I at least want you to to at least get a double or a triple, like make the like show that you've improved the game, you've made the game better from what it was, and give us a at least a good game that still can show improvements until you can make it a great game. That's all I want from from the new college football game. Do I think that they can do it? I'm a little bit skeptical, and I'm a little bit like worried but if i have to put my faith into it i will so last segment of the show february 7th this sunday i believe uh we're going to be getting the super bowl and who would have expected uh who would have expected it we get to see uh patrick mahomes back into the super bowl shocker right uh well although the browns almost did almost did shock them but again it's the it's the Kansas City Chiefs i think everybody kind of thought like oh they have Mahomes they still have Kelsey Hill uh Matthew on a defensive end their team is just getting better everybody is playing their roles they they we kind of thought that this was who was going to make it. Although Buffalo did give us a all Buffalo although Buffalo did give hope that maybe that they could pull something out, Buffalo will be fine. It's going to they're going to be back there. They're they're really good. And then on the NFC side, it was a lot of people who were wondering who was going to make it. Like when the season started, a lot of people had said the Saints. Uh, some people said Green Bay like middle midway through the season people would say green bay probably in the postseason people would say green bay and such as well but tb12 tom brady the goat he said hey you always said i was a system quarterback that belichick was the reason for my success and now he's back at the super bowl with bruce arians and an electric offense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who will be playing in the, and I think this is the first time ever that has been done that the uh, that one team will have a home field advantage for the Super Bowl. I think that's going to play a, a a huge part in. It's going to play a huge part in what's going to happen for uh for that game, but for my prediction. So first, let's let's look at this. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady have 
absolutely showed out. They've had some of the, they beat, who did they beat? I'm trying to think. They beat the Washington football team. They came in and beat the San Antonio, San Antonio, whoa, where was I? They came in and beat uh, New Orleans and honestly embarrassed New Orleans after, well, it was actually a good game. It was actually a good game. They came in and beat New Orleans, and I think at like they beat New Orleans at home too, uh, and made made Drew Brees look like he was washed up. Like I think a consensus was that it was time for Drew Brees to to walk away after what he did that game, uh, and then they came into Green Bay and they beat Green Bay. They they defied pretty much all odds that people had against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after like they had a hot start and then they kind of kind of dipped down in production and then they just they just went out on this all time run. Tom Brady has looked like he's he's like father like Father Time is just not messing with him. He's made a deal with Father Time that hey you're not gonna take any more years from me. But again this. This Tampa Bay offense is is incredible. Leonard Fournette has finally showed up. Ronald Jones has showed up. Uh they have easily one of the best receiving cores in the they have easily the best receiving core or one of the best receiving cores in football. Chris Godwin uh Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown if he if he's gonna play, and uh, and uh, Rob Gronkowski, man, this this offense and this receiving core is just is awesome. Like that's going, man. That is, and then not to mention their O line is pretty good, but that receiving core is going to be something that we're gonna have to watch out for, like all all year or. At least all in the playoffs, they have easily stepped up and made made amazing strides to to keep up with Tom Brady. Like, and we we kind of knew this coming into the season that they were going to be this good, but they they've met expectations, and it's it's great to see that that Tom Brady kind of gotten rid of that myth that he was like it was him and Belichick that they wouldn't succeed that they would both fail or they wouldn't succeed without each other and such like that so there goes that but I think the I think what's going to be important is the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense has been stout they have been amazing the past few games they made it they made life difficult for Drew Brees they made life difficult for Aaron Rodgers like it was it was a the the strides that the defense has made has been amazing. Like Carlton Davis, uh Charles I think it's Sean I forget his name. Uh Bunting who's who's been really good. Is somebody else on that uh is it Jamal Dean? I think well the cornerback the cornerback uh the cornerback lineup for the Buccaneers have played fantastic this this uh this off this postseason. 
Uh, but again, they're just getting they're getting production from everywhere. Like it's just they're doing amazing in this postseason, and I think that's going to be a huge part to play. And uh, and if they can win the game, but then again, when you have the best quarterback in football, like the new goat on as in Patrick Mahomes on the other on the other side, I don't know, man. It's gonna look tough. The if I'm correct. I believe they played each other earlier in the offseason and Tyreek Hill was burning. Like he made French French toast. He made burnt toast out of everybody that he lined up against. I'm pretty sure he had like 200 yards that game. Yeah. Although the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are also missing like a few people on the offensive line. Like I think their starting left tackle won't be there. I think another position on their offensive line won't be there, but man, when you have Patrick Mahomes under center, does it even matter? Does it even does it really even matter? Like, I think they get they got Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who was fantastic for most of the season. You got guys like Le'Veon Bell, Damian Williams, who picked up the slack, uh, and then we haven't even gotten to the receiving core of Tyreek Hill, uh. Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman. Hopefully they'll have Sammy Watkins back so we can see their their offense at full at full uh at full throttle. And then we talk about the Tampa Bay I talked about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. But hey, the Kansas City defense isn't is is no slouch. And Tyron Matthew, the honey badger is playing very well. Uh like, I haven't seen Chris Jones do anything, but Chris Jones is going to be Chris Jones. He's going to do what he has to do. It's going to be intriguing to see because I think in terms of deep, if I had to say in terms of offense, I think the, in terms of offense, I think the Kansas City Chiefs have a better offense, but I will say I believe the defense for the Buccaneers is a little bit better, although that they struggled last time that they played the Chiefs. But I... And it's really a toss-up on how they play. But I'm going to see here and I'm going to say, if I had to come down to a prediction, I'm going to say we're going to see a repeat. I think we're going to say Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs take the Super Bowl for a year for a second straight year. And here's why. Yes, I said that the offense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is is good. That offense is really good. However, I think that Kansas City can still make the stops needed for them to to win. I think they're going to absolutely be able to to come in and while they they're going to give up a few a couple of touchdowns. I still believe that they are going to they are going to be able to they're still going to be able to get enough pressure on on Brady. They're still going to be able to match up very well with the cornerbacks and such like I mean with the wide receivers. Uh and they're going to be able to at least limit they're going to be they're not going to 
well, I want to say limit, but they're going to be able to, uh, they're going to be able to give problems to that, to that offense. It's going to be really key to see if like, if the Buccaneers can get off into an early, into an early, uh, if the Buccaneers can get off to an early offensive, like an offensive show where they're, they're scoring like not at almost like every drive, but they're still being able to put up points on most drives. It's going to give a little bit of problems. But again, when you have the possibly the best arm that we've seen in the NFL to like ever possibly in Patrick Mahomes and that offense that is super electric is like a, it's just absolutely amazing. You like, a shootout is the one thing that you don't want to get into. And and here's the thing. While I do believe the Buccaneers defense has been better, are they going to be good enough to stop Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? And if they do get Sammy Watkins back, are they going to be able to match up very well with all of those weapons that Patrick Mahomes have and still be able to slow down the run game, still be able to uh, slow down like the, the deep passing game. Are they going to be able to do all of that? And I just don't think it's possible. Like, the we saw that the only way that, well, not the only way, but one of the biggest ways that teams win against the, the Chiefs are that they they have to make sure that the Chiefs, that they control the time of possession. I do believe with how the running game has been over the few uh of the past few games for the Buccaneers that they're going to be able to do so. But if like we've seen the chiefs come back from, from like being down large deficit to small deficit and they still come back and they win these games off the strength of their offense and that their defense tightens up. Like, this, this team is just special. And I kind of I saw that when Chad Henney made that amazing play against the Browns. It kind of just showed me that this team, excuse me, that this team has that drive. That if a backup quarterback can risk doing all of that just for them to win a game and that they had trust in their backup quarterback, backup quarterback like that to that he could come in make that play and win them the game just goes to show you that this team has a special air about special air about them so my prediction is that the Kansas City Chiefs will beat the Buccaneers uh if I had to say a score I'll say the safe score would be to have a seven-point victory. So I'm going to go safe and say 31-24. Kansas City, Chief, Kansas City Chiefs. Mahomes wins back-to-back Super Bowls. Basically just confirming that he's a he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Because I, I don't think it's... I think it's easy to say, like, in the first few years, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. 50 touchdowns, an MVP. Uh, I believe he won Super Bowl MVP back-to-back years in the Super Bowl and he wins one and then he might win another one, it's pretty much safe to say that he's going to be the MVP of, or he's going to be a Hall of Famer. That's, there's no question about that. But yeah, uh, that's it for episode five of the Level 5 podcast. 
thank you for thank you for joining. Thank you for listening in. Uh, do me a favor, and if you would be it make me happy to uh, subscribe and rate the rate the podcast. Share it with your friends. Share it with whoever, with your spouse, your fiance, your cousin, your mom, your pops, auntie, uncle, whoever. Uh, share the podcast with them. Who, if they like sports, they can hear sports here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks again for listening to the podcast. Uh, we will be back next week for another episode. And now that I've said it, that means I have to do it. <laughs> But yeah, thanks again for joining and see you next time. Peace.